0: biblical authority. Anybody fired up? Get fired up. My wife was a cheerleader. My sisters were cheerleaders. Get fired up. (laughs) I've got to watch it with my son that he doesn't become them too, because I grew up with two sisters. He's growing up with three. So we've got to make sure we do the, uh, the manly thing regularly. There was a time he was walking around and with painted fingernails and he didn't know any better. It just looked fun. And the girls would paint his fingernails and like enough of that, but get fired up. Hey, my timing was off a little bit. That's all right. The word of God, Elizabeth and I talked this week. And if I can just encourage for a moment, husbands, listen to your wives. They, amen. There we go. If I can get the ladies on my side, the men will just come right along with them. That's just just kind of the way that goes. And when he knows if Mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Well, it got quiet. I'm sorry, ladies. Husbands, listen to your wives. There we go. Okay, I got the ladies back. You know, she's able to bring a, uh, an opinion and approach that I, I'm not called to have. She's called to have. And not to get too mushy on you, but she completes me. <laughs> she does. And she came to me this week and she said, Paul, it, you know, you're talking on biblical authority. and I know you're so passionate about God's word and about being in the word daily. She said, but it, it wants to kind of get legalistic. And you know what? I, I agree with that. However, I believe that through the grace and the power of God, you go after God's word, he'll work out the legalism in you. Satan tries to throw these words at you to keep from being in God's word. And I'm not trying to say that she was trying to direct me away from God's word. It wasn't that at all. But, you know, you've got to have relationship. And that's what she said. It's missing relationship. And I'm like, I, I believe that as you get in the word and you begin to get to know God, you start to build relationship. But how can you have relationship if you're not connected to the vine, if you don't know who he is? So I want to encourage you. I believe that I even started reading God's word on a daily basis in a legalistic approach. It just became a form for me. But God found me as I was. I found God as I was going after him. Even though it might have been out of routine. Even though it might have been out of obligation. God impacted me. And there's something about this word. It will not return void. Everything else will pass away, but this will remain. So, again, relationship. I've not been talking much on relationship over the last few weeks, and I'm not going to today. I'm going to be talking about his word. And last week we left off what it took for this word to get to us today, what pain people had to go through, death, blood, uh, war. And I'm just going to give you just a little bit, about five minutes worth of history, about the way that God's people were treated Over the word of God. In 600 BC, King Jehoiakim is literally tearing the Bible up page by page and throwing it into the fire. And imprisoning all the prophets and the priests. And then 90 years after the death of Christ, John the Baptist is is, uh, banished to the Isle of Patmos. He's in prison on that lonely island. Why? Because of the word of God and because of the word of his testimony. And we're just getting started. In 1300 AD, John Wycliffe translates the Bible into English. And everyone who possesses a copy is killed. They become martyrs. And as these martyrs are in England are burned, they're holding the scriptures close to their chest. If you can, just take a moment and imagine being killed over God's word. And they so love the word of God and they're not going to part from it that they're there holding it. As they're burning. Forty years later in 1340 AD. The church is still upset with John Wycliffe. That they literally dig up his remains. And throw him in the river. Doing that they declare. That the word of God will never again be translated. Into the people's language. And they believe it will be completely washed. From the memory of man. In 1536 William Tyndale. Who again translated the New Testament. Is burned at the stake. It's safe to say that thousands of people have written, translated, and distributed this word and have died for their efforts. Let me read you something. This is the end of it. The Bible was written over a 1,500-year span, written over 40 generations by over 40 authors from every walk of life, including kings, peasants, philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, scholars, Written in different places, written in the wilderness. It was written in dungeons and palaces inside prison walls while traveling on lonely islands in the midst of war. Written in different times, whether it was times of peace or times of war or times of joy or times of sorrow. It was written on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. And it was written in three languages, uh, Hebrew, Arabic, and Greek. And it covered so many controversial topics, but there was one thread that went through the whole thing from Genesis to revelation, one unfolding story. And that is the story of the redemption of man through Jesus Christ. And I believe that's the word that we have today. That redemption is here. That breakthrough is here. I haven't meant for this to be a common, uh, topic of mine, but I don't know if you've noticed over the last two or three weeks, it's all been about breakthrough. Your breakthrough is here. You just need to step up and get it. Provision has been made. It's time for you to get it. You weren't created on this earth to go through 80 years and to get it right before you die. You need to be living a, a, a life of redemption now, a life of breakthrough now, a life of joy, not sorrow, a life of power, not weakness, a life of acceptance, not rejection. That's not your calling. Make sure I holler at y'all before y'all leave. I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm sorry to pick you out. I saw you when I was worshiping, but I want to, I want to catch y'all. Sorry to put you on the spot. Bless you. Um, lost my train of thought. I um, Okay, I'm not done. Written in three languages. One unfolding story, the redemption of man. Lastly, Voltaire, the French infidel who died in 1778, literally traveled the world, especially in Latin Europe, speaking against the word of God. And he predicted after his, 100 years after his death that the Bible would no longer be on earth. But do you know what happened after he died? The Geneva Bible Society bought his home and they used the presses that he was using to convey his atheistic approaches to print the Bible. And it's been printed ever since. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never die. Never. So it leads me to this question. How can I apply the study of the Bible to my daily life? Pastor, I'm trying to read. I'm trying to get in the word daily. How do I apply it to my life? Well, let's look at Ezra chapter 7. If you've brought your Bibles, turn with me to Ezra chapter 7. I think this is a a very good scripture to base your um, desire or your passion to get in the word of God. Thank you for bringing your Bibles. I hear those flipping around. That's that's sweet music to a pastor. I think it's sweet music to the Lord. You know, John Osteen, Joel Osteen, John's his dad, always says beforehand, you know, he says, take it out and let's speak over it. I like that. I'm not going to copy him. I don't know. I might. But it's good. This is my word. I will take this and I won't take what's coming at me. I'll take the word to it. It's time those things coming at me part and melt. The hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. How many here need your problems to melt like wax? Come on, presence of the Lord. Hmm, it's good. You guys are getting a little better shot. I think uh, we're a little bit more awake than first service. First service, I wasn't quite stirred like I am now. I don't know what the deal is. But uh, that doesn't mean don't come to first service. We need you to come to first service. Amen. All right. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach its statutes and ordinances to Israel. Now, I want you, if you can, if you've opened your Bibles, keep it there. We're going to be referring to that for just a few minutes. How can I apply my study of the Bible to my daily life? We're going to take it right after, right out of Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. What did he do? It says, for Ezra set his heart. Number one, Ezra prepared his heart to approach God's word. What does it say? He said he set his heart. What does that mean? He made a decision. You know, the prodigal was in the pig pen and had to set his heart to return. Nobody made him. Nobody came to him and made him an offer. Nobody came and said, hey, won't you know he stood up and he said, I can do better somewhere else. I will get up and I will return to my father. This scripture with Ezra, Ezra says that he set his heart to study. Church, that's a calling of the Lord to you today, to set your heart to God's word. You're looking for breakthrough, set your heart to God. He literally prepared himself in a way that he approached God's word. He wanted to make sure that he entered into the presence of God's word in an appropriate manner. Number two, it says that he set his heart to study. He set his heart to study the law of the Lord. Ezra read it. As he read it, he allowed his heart to be tender and open to the voice of the spirit. You know, I don't do this very I don't do this as often as I mean to. It's extremely important that when I go to read God's word that I pray, Lord, soften my heart that I might receive what it is that I need today. You see that you need to prepare yourself or it'll just go right over your head. How many, I don't want anybody to raise their hands, but how many of you did the worship today just go right over your head? You couldn't even tell me what we sang about yet. It's God's word. That whole song, you never let go. Somebody was getting breakthrough in that this morning. You never let go through the calm and through the storm. Oh, no, you never let go. Every high and every low. Oh, no, you never let go. You never let go of me. And we just sing it and it just goes right over our head. Uh Uh-uh. Lord, soften my heart. When you come in here to sit under teaching of God's word, youth, when you're in youth and you're under Pastor Stephen's teaching, if you're in Sunday school, wherever you are, Prepare your heart. God's got something for you. When you sit under Burton or Bill or uh, my dad or whoever's teaching Sunday school. Your receiving is based on you. I believe my, my teachers are prepared and have something to offer. But you can miss it. All right. He prepared his heart to study God's word. Number three. He prepared to practice what he learned. Do you remember the scripture? He set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it. It's important that you find out these principles that God says and you try it. Did you know that even if you're not saved, you use the principles of God, they'll work? Why? Because it's God's word and because it's law. It will work. God's word will work. Prove it. Try to to prove it wrong. You can't. God says only test him when it comes to giving. Try testing him when it comes to giving. How many needs, don't don't raise your hand. How many needs breakthrough in their finances? Try him in your giving. See that he won't do for you what he says he will. I'm telling you, he will. But boy, does it take faith to give when you have nothing to give? God knows where, where your heart is. And he's saying, I'm after your heart. If you'll give your money, you'll give your heart. I had somebody leave the church because they said I talk about money too much. I don't feel like I talk about money enough. I'm not after your money. God's going to take care of this church. I'm not after your money. I'm after you getting breakthrough with God. And one of those ways is with your money. For you can't love money and God. I love God. And I show him through my money. Let me tell you, Elizabeth and I have walked through some things in our finances. And we have had to come back to God. And you know what? Every single time we've come back to him, he has blessed us beyond measure. Now, we're not just overloaded, but you know what? We're, we're making it. How many knows that's a blessing? Before, we weren't. We had forgotten the Lord in our money, or I had. I had. I don't mean to get on to money. I'm not going to say I'm sorry, but... God is faithful all the time. All the time. Ezra prepared to practice... Prepared to practice. You know, it's the definition of insanity to think that you're going to get a different result but doing the same thing over and over. You keep living your life doing the exact same thing. You hear the word of God, but you continue to keep going the same way, but you pray that the Lord will bless you and nothing, the blessing never comes. you got to change something. You've got to put seed in the ground to get a harvest. Imagine that. Imagine that. Put seed in the ground. Again, I'm not talking about money now. I'm talking about getting this seed in you so that this blessing can come out of you. Am I getting legalistic? I'm not trying to. But the great, I can't stay on topic. The great thing about God is he tells you the rewards. He'll tell you. You obey me. I'll make you over the nations. If you'll hear me and obey me, I'll do it. I'll do it. But if you don't, go read the curses. Enjoy. It's real happy reading. Uh, Y'all were doing good a minute ago. Maybe it's me. No, it can't be me. Okay. (laughs) Practice what you've learned. Take what you've done and get out here and use it. Get out here and use it. Number, number four, share what you've learned. You know what he said? He says that I've set my heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach its statutes. Teach it, share it. Take what you've gotten in here today. Something's grabbed hold of you today. Take it and tell somebody. Tell somebody. Tell somebody, Ezra not only learned it and practiced it, but he took it immediately and shared it with others so they could apply it to their lives. You see, God's word is powerful. The church, when you come to the Bible, there are three things that you have to do when you come to the word of God. There are three key phrases. These are very basic. Number one, learn it. How can you know what's right to do if you don't know what's right to do? Isn't that deep? How can you know how God's kingdom works if you don't know how God's kingdom works? I can't read the Bible for you. I can't read it for Elizabeth or my children. They can't read it for me. I have to read it and I have to apply it. We've got to learn it. It can't change you until you know it. Learn it and that deals with your head. You know, we sing these songs. I can see the light that is coming for a heart that holds on and there will be an end to these troubles. But until that day comes still I will praise you, still I will praise you. Who said? He's going to sing the song? No, it's God's word. What did he say? Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Regardless of my situation, I will bless the Lord. But the Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's how we can sing these songs because they are God's word how can you go home and stand on it if you don't know it you're on you're on sinking sand you don't have the word under you that when the storm comes that you can still stand you melt and all it takes is a little wave to knock you down that's not your covenant your covenant is that you might bend a little but you're not breaking you're not breaking Number two, love it. Love it. You've got to begin to embrace the word and let it embrace you. And number three, live it. You've got to let the word of God that comes into your heart go out through your hands, through your mouth, through your body, and apply it to others. Now, what convictions What conviction should come when you start to study the word of God? Look what this says. Your word I have hidden my heart so that I might not sin against you. I love this scripture because my kids say it all the time. We were talking about Psalm 119, verse 18 or 13 or something this week. We read a daily devotional, and it just spurred my mind. Wait a minute, kids. Y'all know Psalm 119, 11, and all four of them spouted it out. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee, I think is the way that they read it. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But I want you to catch this. You've got to get it in your heart so that you can fight sin. How can you fight sin without the word of God? You can't. How can you be receiving from the king if you're not connected to the vine? Jesus says, I am the vine. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. You've got to get connected. So what conviction should come? What biblical convictions? Number one, this is a morning of bullet points. I don't do this many normally, but I am this morning. Even when I don't understand it, I will trust what God said. If we could look, and I've talked about this in the last few weeks, that we take God's word at face value. I will trust not in my understanding. You think you understand. The problem is you think too much. What does God's word say about it? Go do that. Quit trying to overthink things. But in God's word, Naaman, do you remember Naaman? We've talked about him the last few times. He was the captain of the Syrian army and he had gotten leprosy. So this little servant girl that he had said, go see the prophet. He can heal you. So what does he do? He goes. He goes to Elijah. And you know, the funny thing is, Elijah doesn't even come out to see him. Here comes the captain. I need healing. I need to see Elijah. And Elijah just sends his servant out. How would you feel like that? How would you feel about that? And what does the servant say? Elijah says to go wash seven times in the, what is it, the Jordan? Elijah says, go wash seven times. Where is it? Dip seven times. And you know what? It upsets Naaman. What did Naaman even say? He said, if I would needed to dip in the water seven times, I could just go back to my swimming pool in Syria. It's a lot cleaner water anyway. Why would I have to go do that? And off he goes mad. And what what happens? The guys around him say, you know what? Just go do it. Come on, just go do it. He, they said, if he, had, if he had said to do this or if he'd laid his hands on you or said to say something, you would have done it. So just go wash. So what does Naaman do? He goes and dips seven times and he comes out with skin just like a baby's. Completely healed. Now what's interesting about this, this story is Naaman, Naaman responded. He said, I thought that the prophet would come out and wave his hand and I would be healed. What happened? He had a preconceived idea of how God should handle his healing. Is that not where we are sometimes? We think it should be step one, step two, step three, and we get our healing. Let me tell you, I wish I understood better. But sometimes, in us understanding, or if God gives us a form, we get chained by form. God says, It's not by form, it's by my power, it's by my spirit. It's by me, not you. Not you. But then how did he react after he was healed? He said, now I know that there's a God in Israel. Isn't that interesting? Haven't we all done the same thing? Haven't we come to God with a prayer request and told him how to answer it? We have this preconceived idea of how he's going to answer it. But now first is the conviction that the word of God is very important. And and that is even when I don't understand it, I'm going to trust what God said. Number two, although it may seem illogical, I'll obey what God has said. Do you remember Mary and when in John chapter 2 when they were at the wedding uh, in Cana of Galilee and they run out of wine? And what did Mary say? What did Mary say to her servants? She, She said, whatever Jesus says. Do it. I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know how it's going to go down. But whatever he says, do it. It doesn't matter how he says to do it. It doesn't matter what you think about what he says. What matters is that you obey. Whatever he says to you, do it. Then finally, whatever human opinions may vary, however human opinions may vary, God's word is right on every subject. You know what? We can get all kinds of answers from the world. But God's word is right. One more conviction that'll change your life that I need the word of God as much as I need food. And when I realize that the word of God, which is the bread of life, is my spiritual staple that allows me to grow in my walk with him, it begins to change my life. Real quickly, convictions that come when you start to get into God's word. Number one, when you've learned what the word says on a given subject. You know what you don't have to have an absolute manifestation of God's word to get revelation how many knows that you can be reading your bible i've read it for eight eight straight years i think and even now i'll read a scripture and finally understand it finally see the wrong that i have in my life conviction comes when i get in the word and i allow it to change me conviction is a change agent it's the light bulb that goes off and says you got it wrong right here's right and it's good sometimes it hurts But it's good. That's what, when this thing starts to shine the light on you, it starts to show your blemishes. How many knows you look good in the dark? But the brighter the light gets, the more of of the stuff you can see. And that's what happens here. God wants to clean you up his way. And we need revelation. Number two, when we choose to apply in God's word in in our daily life context, How many have gotten answers from God that you've been praying for when you start to do what God's called you to do? Have you ever ever been at a point where you can't get breakthrough, but you just feel the Lord say, get in there and just serve right over there. Get over there, make a phone call, encourage somebody, pray for somebody. And all of a sudden, the next thing falls into place. Conviction comes. When we have exposed ourselves to a need in that area. You know, we're about to Feed the the hungry. And you know, conviction has been stirring in me. I know it's been stirring in Pastor Stephen. And let me tell you, we're at an all-time high of people coming into our church needing help. And you know what? That's what the church is here for. The church is here to be a blessing to our community. When we have decided... Conviction comes when we've decided what's worth living and dying for. You know what? You'll come to a crossroad when you finally say, I'm going to choose God because nothing else will work. In your money, you're going to finally come to the point of saying, this isn't working. What is God's way? You know, with me losing weight, no one else could do that for me. I had to make a decision. I'm going to do this. No one else can do it for me. I can't put them under that kind of pressure. I've got to do it. With our money, we had to make a decision. Change has to be made. It's not going to work like it is. The last thing God needs to do is give us more money because we're not handling what we do have. Stick that in your little uh, blessing bank. God wants to give you two talents to see if you'll make it four. Or are you going to squander the two that you got? Or just let it sit there and just say, I know God to be a hard God. No, God's a blessing God. But he wants you to do something with what you got, not waste it. What talents have you got that could be used in the church or be used out in the world to, to further the kingdom of God? Get to using them. Now, that hit somebody. God didn't start using me until I started back in the sound booth. Everybody's going to laugh. Here we go again. But you know what? My my gifting was there at that time. And the Lord was able to start to use it. You've got a gift. You've got something. That I believe that's it. You've got a talent that needs to get applied. You start applying that and watch the doors start to fly open. And I don't mean in the church. I mean, God's called you to do something. That doesn't mean you go quit your job. It might. God wants you to stand up and get doing what he's called you to do. You know, it takes a while to get there, but if we'll stay with it, we'll get there. I don't know if any of y'all caught that, but I believe that's the word from the Lord. You're looking for breakthrough. What what is your gifting? Get in it. Go run somebody down and say, "I've got to be doing this." Get ready for rejection. Get ready for questions. But don't give up. You know that says the calling of the Lord is irrevocable. He's going to work it out. It also says that your gift will make room for you. I got two on on on, on board here. It might be because they're paid. Just just going right over. Everybody said, okay. Finally, catch this one. We have settled the issue. I would tell you, don't don't encourage me because you're paid. Encourage me because it hits you. And I know that about them. I'm trying to be funny, but it's just not working today. We have settled the issue before we're forced to. How many knows you want to make the change yourself rather than be made to make it? I don't like being made to make. I don't like that. I don't like somebody having to make me do something. However, God's such a good God. He'll hang in there with you and he will make you do it. You hang in there with him. He'll make you do it. But he wants you to choose. He wants you to choose him. God's word has the power to to change your life. And as I close, I attribute two things to my life changing. Getting in God's word daily and prayer according to his will. Back in, I think, 2001, I started reading God's word and Dwight Henry was preaching on the Lord's Prayer and also preaching on the prayer of Jabez. And I started praying according to God's word. And really, it's when it started to click in my heart. And I was standing over Pete's crib. He was probably a year and a half old. And I was praying over him. And the Lord said, nope, pray over you. And I prayed, Lord, I ask you that, you would, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done over my life, regardless of what that is. And I've genuinely meant it. And let me tell you, God started moving. He is just looking for someone to choose him. And he'll take care of the rest. There's been bumps in the road without a doubt. But I want you to know every time I have sought him on my life, he has come through every time. Getting in the word and prayer. My life and my future changed. I would encourage you this week, not only to read God's word, but to apply it to your life, to be grateful for this precious word that's been passed on to us. Now, if we can, let's close with prayer. And if you brought your Bible, I want you to grab it. If you don't have a Bible, grab one in the pew. Get a, get a Bible in your hand. Let's pray together. Wayne, y'all can come on up. Fathers, we hold this word close to our heart. We recognize that literally thousands of people have paid an incredible price for us to be able to gather together and worship. Lord America was founded on religious freedom and lives were were given for us to have this freedom. One nation under God. Help us to understand that this precious word is from you to us. It's a love letter. It is your flesh. You became flesh. You literally fleshed the word out for us. It changes us. It stabilizes us. It gives us strength. It gives us daily manna or food. Help us always put it in our proper place. And help us not only to respect it and to have a sense of reverence for it, but, Lord, help us to utilize it and to pour it into our lives. Lord, help us to assimilate and take this and use it for nourishment. Help us to grow strong because of it. And God, help us to let it flow through us. Because the only open Bible that some may see is in our lives. Lord, how we can live it. How can we live it if we haven't learned it? May we love it like we love the newspaper or like we love our favorite book. Lord. Let us love the word of God more than we love our favorite show. The things that take our time. Give us a passion. For your word. Lord let us not be guilty of putting other things over it. Lord let it be the fertilizer of the seed. That is planted that causes us to grow. Heaven and earth will pass away. But your word will remain. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you. Help us to apply this word.